You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And this is the podcast where we separate fact from fiction as it pertains to the cuckold lifestyle, the hot wife lifestyle, and also the interracial aspects of both lifestyles. And so who I have with me here today... I've talked to a number of couples uh, from the UK, but they've always seemed to have been stag vixen couples. And I've always wanted to talk to a cuckold couple from over there. So I was fortunate enough to be put in touch with uh, someone. And that is who I have for you today. I want to introduce you to Anna and her husband, David. Won't you guys say hi? Hey, hi. Hi, Michael. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank, thank, thank you very much for joining me. I know we had to kind of finagle with the time difference to get to schedule. So thank you both for taking time out of your day to, uh, to, to talk to me and come and share your story with my listeners. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. No, no, the pleasure is mine. Okay, so as I said, you guys are a, a cuckold couple. And just to kind of uh, give my listeners some background, how long have you been together? How long have you been married? And how old are you both? Okay. Um, we've, I never remember. Well, how long have we been together? <laughs> no, she's rubbish. We've been together <laughs> just about 11, yeah, we've just been together about 11 years now. Okay. How long have we been married? Uh, we've been married, oh gosh, yeah, about seven and a half years. And I'm 51 in, well, this month, uh, next week actually. And you're 50. Yeah, I'm 50. Although she likes to tell people she's 40. <laughs> well, well, yes, no, <laughs> <laughs> well, th- well, thank, well, thank you for. I know I, sometimes I get a little flack for asking a woman her age, but I, I, I have to do it in the context of the episode. So, thank you. Um, no, that's no problem. I mean, I, I don't mind saying how old I am because I am fortunate. I do look a, a lot younger than I am, so I quite like surprising people. Well, one thing usually where I like to start is by asking the husband. What do you remember about the very first time you saw her? Oh, gosh. Well, there's, there's a big story in that, Michael. Oh, which please. That's, that's, what, go that, into, that's, that's what we're here well, for. <laughs> okay. Well, well, Anna's um, a professional donatrix, mm-hmm. and she's very, very – well, certainly in the UK and, and Europe, she's quite a professional uh, – sorry, quite a famous dominatrix, um, specializes in, in medical and, and, and anesthesia and breath play. Um, and I looked. I, I, I'm, I'm, I've got an interest in that um, in that field, and I looked her up. And I cho- <laughs> like we have a joke that I chose her online, yeah. and I just I went as a client, and um, so I booked to see her, and she didn't reply to me the first time. So uh, my my email mustn't have been very good. So I tried again a couple of weeks later, and she replied to me, and I went to see her, and uh, yeah, she opened the door and. It was kind of a, an instant, instant attraction, wasn't it? You know, the love at first sight it wasn't love at first sight, clearly, but it was certainly no, lust it, at first sight, wasn't it? It was lust. Yeah. Sight. yeah. So, yeah, that that was it, Michael. So, we, you know, we came as we met as uh, professional dominatrix and client, and uh, we had a great session. 
And I booked to see her again three weeks later. And then we just started seeing each other. We just kind of fell in love, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So it was, yeah. And, uh, and here we are 11 years on. So you must, <laughs> you must be the envy of quite a few guys then. I mean, if she if, was that well known and, and I'm sure her, she had an extensive client list and yet you were the one that, yeah. <laughs> well, you were the one that yeah, got her. I mean, on, in, yeah, on, in the BDSM sector, but, um, <laughs> quite a few guys, um, sort of nicknaming Lucky, my name's David and Lucky D. Um, so yeah, I, I, I guess I am. No, I absolutely. guess I am. No, there's no guessing about what, it. You definitely you, are. Yeah. yeah. What, what, why are you guessing? Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> no, yeah, there's, there's no guessing there. <laughs> I might get in trouble. After this yeah, I was about to say, you better, be, you better be careful. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> so yeah, that, and yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's kind of, Strange looking back that it, you know, it, it happened that way. And the chances of us meeting, well, it's like anybody, isn't it? The chances of meeting a remote. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was fantastic. And we got, to, yeah, we met and um, we, we, we only sessioned professionally three times. And, and then she, you know, she kind of said, please, will you, will you come and be my submissive, please? Didn't you? And, uh, I actually asked him if he wouldn't mind, um, if I considered him as uh, a sex slave. <laughs> yes, you did. Because I was seeing somebody else at the time <laughs> that you came as a client and um, and there wasn't very much going on there. You know, it was a bit of a bad relationship. And he turned up uh, at the door. See, normally for it's very it's not very good for us because we don't see them. They pick us, but we don't see them. So when I opened the door, it was a really nice surprise. And in my head... I'm smiling at him, but in my head I said, um, oh, wow. And then I said, oh, fuck, because <laughs> I'd never really had a client that I really fancied before, so I didn't know how professional I could be or where this could possibly go. This could be really bad news, actually. So um, I thought, well, I'll check him out. So I always tell the clients they've got to have a shower so um, I went in while he was getting undressed to help him with a shower. And then I stood there and I watched him have a shower, you know, just to check out the goods, <laughs> which is very unprofessional of me. But <laughs> and then, of course, I'm then strapping him down to my bed and I'm tying him up. And I'm, yeah. Doing shocking things to me. Shocking things to him. <laughs> and, and, then, and then after, yeah, after two or three sessions, um, I, asked, I asked him if he wanted to be my sex slave. And um, he just, you just sat there, didn't you? And you just made it really difficult for me. You're just so quiet. I felt so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, you, you were. But uh, yeah, I was kind of shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. Well, you would be. No, no doubt, yeah. 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 And so, but yeah, and then, so yeah, then we, you know, we, we started seeing each other. Um, well, then we started doing normal things like going out for a drink or going yeah, out for a meal, didn't we? We did. <laughs> and then, you know, we just fell in love and, and then started courting each other. And, and then, um, just, just, yeah, that was it, wasn't it? We, we ended up, we got engaged, got married, and, and here we are. And here we are, we're doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so something that, that you kind of brought up that I kind of want to dive into, uh, as you said, yeah. uh, that Anna's a professional dominatrix. How long have you been doing that? I've been doing that since about 2000 and, oh, hang on. Five. Five, yeah, five, 2005 yeah. I started doing it. How did you get into it? Like, have you always oh, had an well, interest in, in, in BDSM? Um, 
No, no, that's the weird thing, isn't it? No, I'd always been really interested in sexuality, in in different sexuality rather than the the usual kind of you know heteronormative uh, sex. So you know when you see really interesting documentaries on TV or really interesting programs, and and I remember seeing some program, and it was a woman who was um, using a slave as a toilet, and. The whole thing was about how peculiar it was. And when I realized that she was doing it and having fun doing it and getting paid for it, I thought, God, I could do that. I wouldn't have a problem with doing an awful lot of these kinky things. I'd have no issue with it at all. Oh, gosh, how strange if I became a professional dominatrix. And then a few years later, a friend of mine told me that she was building a website. I said, well, what are you doing with it? And she said, well, I'm going to start selling dirty panties, used panties. And I'd read about that in a woman's magazine and I thought, oh, God, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Can I do it too? And she said, yeah. (laughs) So I went and started doing some research on the Internet about that. And she then dropped out. But I thought, no, I'm going to carry on doing it. So I actually became a panty girl first. Mm -hmm. And my very first sort of buyer said to me, are you a panty mistress? Well, I had no idea what that was. So I contacted one of the other girls who described themselves as a panty mistress. And I said, what is it? And she said, oh, it just means that you tell, you've got to tell them to wear them or tell them they've got to wear their panties to work. And they've got to send photographs like holding up two fingers, you know, something like that. Right. And they've got to send the photographs to you. And you've got, I said, oh, wow, that sounds great. I can do that. So my very first used panty buyer was what's called a panty slave. So I very quickly became a panty mistress. And then um, I was telling uh, uh, somebody I knew about this, and it was because it was about the domination. It's about the DS element, the panty mistress. And then he said, oh, you need to go on a website called alt.com. So I went on there and I started seeing that there's all sorts of things going on. And I thought, wow, this is like, this is like a sweet shot. This is like a a theme park. This is like a a wild ride. You know, I want to get involved with this. And I contacted a guy who was looking for um, like a mistress to play with. And, well, gosh, it's a long story, but try and condense it a little bit for you. I know you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, you're all right. Okay, so I I said to him, right, come on, let's meet up and discuss this. So he came over to where I was. I met him in the pub, local pub. We went and sat at the sides, and I said, okay, so um, um, what do we do then? <laughs> and he said, well, I don't really know, because <laughs> he didn't know what to do either. I said, okay, your profile said you really like feet. And he said, yeah, I do. I love feet and I love shoes. I said, right, okay. I said, well, I really like shoes and I've got some feet. So <laughs> I, said, I said, I know. How about, uh, how about, I don't know. What do you want to do? I said, do you want to give me some money and I'll go and buy some shoes or uh, do you want to come with me? And we'll go and buy some shoes together. So he said, I want to buy some shoes with you. I'll come with you. I'll come with you. I said, right. Okay. So we planned that he'd come and pick me up and take me out to Leeds and we'd go shopping around Leeds. And he ended up buying me about four or five pairs of shoes. It was like Christmas. This was fantastic. And then we took the shoes back to my house. And then he told me while we were in the car that he had this fantasy about being 
uh, a shoe shopkeeper and um, like bitchy female clients coming in and bossing him around. So I said, okay. Sounds like he watched a lot of Married with Children. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It was such a revelation to me that so many men really do like, you know, bossy, bitchy, sexy women. Mm -hmm. Well, I can really do that. I can do that really, really well. This is brilliant. So so what I did was I um, sat on the bed and I said to him, well, where are the new shoes? And I sent him scurrying around my bedroom, picking up shoes, and then I'd make him put the shoes on and do the buckles up. And I'd say, I need to see my shoes properly. Where is the stool? So he's looking around for a stool. Mm-hmm. I said, where is the stool? And he said, so he's looking for the stool. And I said, you are the stool. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to get down on his hands and knees, and I put my feet up on his back. I'd stab him with my heels and he loved it. I mean, he just loved it. So we kind of developed this play. And then after a while I said to him, look, the shoes are great, but I'm a full, because I went back as a mature student to go and do my degree. I said, this is great, but it doesn't pay my bills. So he said he'd send me some cash as well as going out shopping. So I thought, great, (laughs) I could be paid for this. This is so much fun. That's how it developed. I just sort of gradually developed this dungeon and started charging. And uh, then I decided, I, actually, I really like the medical play. I liked all the medical aspects. An awful lot of CBT, cock and bull torture, is actually mm. medical. I love the medical. So I developed a, a medical room. And then I was able to, once I graduated, I was able to buy my own apartment. That became my clinic. And um, I became one of the sort of foremost medical mistresses in Europe. And it just all went from there, really. And then I developed into breath play, anesthesia play, you know, the real hard stuff. So I became sort of more and more popular in a more defined niche fetish because right. so few people will do that. Yeah, I was, I was actually and, wondering about that because he had brought it up and mentioned the, the anesthesia aspect of it. And I'm like, that sounds like mm. it's something that so you because you so you actually are able to put people under <clears throat> yes yes I, so that, that, I, I would think that takes like a, a lot of training <laughs> to, to you know to because um, I, I haven't heard of many mistresses and dominatrixes who, who who offer that particular service no no they don't because it, it, it well well it, I suppose it is pretty dangerous I mean um, an anaesthetist, I think you call them anaesthetologists or something, mm-hmm. um, it's about seven years training <clears throat> to actually do it. But obviously I haven't had that training. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> I just learned how to sort of uh, do things with a bit of gas and plastic bags. And then I developed my knowledge about it. I started to learn about the different planes in anesthesia. There's different planes, different stages. Guys who are really into the fetish can be really quite um, nerdy about it, really geeky. So they will learn an awful lot. And I will pick up a lot of stuff from them. Um, Then I started picking up some anesthesia trolleys from eBay Mm -hmm. (laughs) that – that's that had all you know that, that worked you know it had all the components that worked so it's just a case of decanting the gas from one cylinder to another cylinder fitting it to the trolley using it what happened sort of fairly early on was that there was one particular client who he now he had 
he had managed to find an escort who happened to be uh, subsidizing her wage as an with escorting, but she was an anesthesia nurse. She was a theater nurse. She assisted the anesthesiologist in surgery. Mm-hmm. So she had picked up an awful lot. So he showed my videos, because I, I started filming videos years and years and years ago. He showed my videos to her and said, is she safe? Is she okay? Does she know what she's doing? And the nurse said, she d- she does actually, absolutely fine. You know, she, she's she's got it. So he arranged some double dom sessions with me and her. And while he was going under and he was out for the count, she was just sort of refining my skills. Uh, so... I, yeah, I can. I, I, I regularly put guys under. Uh, I make them unconscious and bring them back and put them back under and bring them back and put them back under. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know when to bring them back. I know how far to go under. And I'm not using, I'm not using the kind of anesthetic agents that they are using in surgery at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not using sevoflurane or halothane. I'm not using any of those. I'm using you know, a lot more. Um, I'm not using the dangerous stuff. I'm not using chloroform or ether or anything like that. Um, I'm using nitrous oxide, which isn't too bad. And uh, yeah, it, you know, it does the job. Wow, and that people, is, that is fascinating. People travel from a long way and pay a lot of money to come and do this with me. Oh, I can imagine because you know it's it's not it's not common. You know, so it's, it's, no. you know, especially to have someone who really, you know, cause you don't want somebody who's going to make a mistake. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no. And, and I am, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sane. I'm educated as well. Um, I, I educate them so they know exactly what they're doing and make sure that they're not stupid. They're not silly. Uh, they understand the, the difference. A lot of guys have this fantasy of being kidnapped, put under, and then they come around in another town right, tied like to a chair. Stuff they see you know? in movies. Yeah. Movies, Hollywood. Yeah. And I have to break news to them that that's not possible. You know, there there is a reason why it's called a dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> because an unconscious body is the heaviest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and although I'm tall and strong, I am not, you know, I am not that strong. Yeah, again, so I just say no. The movies make it seem like it's very easy to just pick somebody up who's unconscious and carry, exactly and, and carry throw them in the trunk of the car. Yeah, drive them across town, drag them down the steps into the cellar, and then tie them to a chair. Yeah, it's uh, not going to happen. So, so no, we have, we have to deal with reality. You know, there's absolutely. a big difference between seeing reality, isn't there? Absolutely. So that's that's very fascinating. So as, as far as the the dynamic that you two share, normally when I talk to couples there's like this evolution of, of, you know, first the door opens and they begin to walk through it and the lifestyle begins to kind of open up before them. But the way that you two started, you know, you kind of started, you know, pretty much, you know, more than halfway through the game board. Um, Oh yeah. Well, he knocked on the door. I opened the door and half an hour later he was unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, I didn't even know that was going to (laughs) happen. I really didn't. (laughs) So from hearing what you were into and it, it, it sounds like your dynamic is kind of comprised of, of, I guess, three main things, which can all exist on their own, but it sounds like you guys kind of incorporate them, which is, uh, BDSM, 
uh, cuckolding. And are, are you guys in FLR as well? Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. so I'm just kind of curious, um, as far as your dynamic is concerned, were you doing the... Like what came first? Like what order did the things progress? Or did you just lump? Did you just start doing everything at the same time? Or was it like you were in the BDSM first, and then you kind of moved to the FLR, and then cuckolding? Like what was the progression like for the, for you two? Well, it's well, he, he David came to me as a client, so he's either coming to me as a submissive mm-hmm. or as a fetish or as a fetishist. Because a lot of guys are have fetish for medical, but they're not necessarily submissive, you know. So they don't. They would call me nurse and not mistress. So there is a distinct difference there. Now, some guys can be submissives and have fetishes, and that's the sort of guy who David is. So um, you you came to me as how did what did you come to me as as a, as a, oh, yeah, as a submissive? Really? Yeah, I came as a submissive because I'm not a medical fetishist. Um, strangely as that strange as that sounds, uh, because at that time you did you did you didn't just um, uh, specialize in medical, did you? You did the other stuff as well. And no, I still went to the dungeon. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like breath play, but I didn't know she went to that level, which was fine. I mean, it was great, but I didn't know that. So I'm not a fet- I'm not a medical fetishist. So I came as a submissive, Michael, to answer your question. Mm-hmm. Um, we just ended yeah. up. So that dynamic was there yeah, straight away. It was from day one. Yeah, we, we had a, that DS relationship, albeit as client and, and mistress, from day one. And then it just developed, didn't it? As we so so it, all three started from the minute that he knocked on the door. <laughs> yeah, the yes. The, yeah, the cuckolding, or the interesting cuckolding developed, yeah, pretty much from – no, it wasn't from day one. It was when we started getting quite serious. Because obviously I'd heard about cuckolding, I was you know, very interested in it. Um, never had any experience at all in it. Um, but then when we started to get serious, um, and then I started. Oh, certainly when we, yeah we did get serious, and and certainly when we moved we moved in together, uh, and then Anna's leaving on a daily basis to you know to go down to her workplace and and. You know, play with guys in a sexually charged environment. I started it, my, my my string started to get pulled, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't just for the positive; it was also for the negative as well. Um, I we we talked long and hard about um, getting together, and I'd been in vanilla relationships all my life. Uh, although I was very kinky, um, I, I'd been in vanilla relationships. I'd never experienced anything like being with a, a professional dominatrix. And so, you know, Anna had expressed concern, you know, would I be able to handle this? It, obviously, a, a career, a business meant a lot to her, totally get that. And I said, yeah, I can. And I believed I could. Truth was, I found it quite difficult, Michael. It's, uh, at times, it wasn't all the time, it was checkered. Um, I was going through a tough time at, 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 at the time as well, I went through a bad divorce and, and various other things in my life. So you know, I had quite a few insecurities in all aspects of my life, mm-hmm. but I was finding it at times quite difficult to, to see a leave, to, to go and play with guys. Um, and, you know, I, 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 felt, I felt certain jealousies and insecurities, and I thought, I don't understand this because I'm not a jealous kind of guy. I'm not, but I am feeling jealous. And with certain, you know, certain 
guys who, who she saw. But at the same time, what I found was that it, in time it was starting to fetishize and I was starting to enjoy the, the kind of the, 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 the angst and my strings being pulled. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So it started then, and albeit, you know, Anna, at that time, you know, wasn't, didn't have sex with her clients, a lot of her play is very, very sexual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of play that me and her did in our private life. Um, and, and it's like, you know, what do you term as sex? You know, it's not, it's, to me, sex isn't just penis in the vagina. Right. There's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot of intimacy and a lot of king, well, a lot of, a lot of closeness, isn't there, in what you do with, you know, with some of your play. <laughs> so, yeah, I was finding it difficult, Michael. But that's where I've kind of gone, a, a, you know, around the houses there to tell you. But that's where the cook, my interest in cookhold and my feelings developed as a, as a as a as a cookhold way back years ago. Okay, so so I guess to kind of sum it up for my listeners, you kind of I guess found yourself in it because you're with her. And she's obviously continuing her practice, and she you yeah. knew you knew she was going to see male clients, and you were yeah. starting to feel things that cuckolds feel, but you hadn't connected those dots yet. That's absolutely right. Where I where the yeah where the dots really did start connecting was when Anna said to me, "Well, when we after a year or two, um, as she mentioned earlier in, in the podcast." She started to do filming, and in fact, you'd been doing it before you met me, hadn't you? Filming and photography, yeah. um, and she said, Look, "Will you come and, and act? Well, you know, be, be my, um, my 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 co-performer because I can do a lot of things to you." I said, "I'd love to." But, <laughs> I can do a lot but, of things but, to you. <laughs> <laughs> but then she said, "Look, you know." What do you think about you doing the filming and the photographer? And I said, yeah, I'd love to try it. So I started doing the filming and photography for her. So then I'm witnessing firsthand her playing with with guys. And, you know, things like, um, you know, she she would do like erotic bagging and erotic breath play whereby, you know, she's got a guy restrained on a bed, um, on a a, a hospital bed with proper restraints. She would, you know, they've got – you know, an erection, she would climb on them. She didn't, you know, they didn't enter into her, but very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she'd be, she'd be kissing them or, or sort of licking their, their faces through the bags. You know, and that's really what, one of the things that I really love. And I'm with, witnessing that. So you're seeing her do it to, get, to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And I'm starting to, and I'm, and I'm also witnessing, Michael, this is, for me, this is really important. I'm starting to see the chemistry that was that had formed between her and her other clients and that kind of was it's thrilling but it was also pulling my strings as well so that's when the dots started to connect it's worth pointing out as well michael that a lot of my clients i've actually known them for longer than i've known david mm-hmm. so so he so as my life partner and then husband he was watching me interacting in very sexually charged play with guys who I've known an awful lot longer than him. Right. So, the, so that was, that, that's definitely something that could, 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 could mess with you. Um, oh yeah. But what I'm curious to ask you, Anna is, you know, I'm sure, you know, you've had, you know, clients get attached to you, you know, and 
you know, yeah. I'm sure that you've been able to kind of put the stiff arm out like, hey, this is a professional arrangement. That's not allowed. And so you didn't really have to worry too much about it. But how was um, it for you? I'm just, I guess let me finish the story. How was it for you dealing with a man who now you had to take his feelings into consideration because this is your life partner and eventually your husband, you know, whereas before you didn't have to think about it on that level, you know, because it was almost like a puppy love yeah. kind of thing because you, you weren't returning yeah. the feelings back to them. But now yeah. the man who, you, who you're sharing your life with is feeling a certain kind of way. And now you have to deal with that. So I'm just curious, how did you, how did you deal with that? How did you, in other words, was it just a cold approach where it's like, hey, suck it up and deal with it? Or did you have to be more compassionate and kind of explain things to him? How did you actually deal with his insecurities? Yeah, good question. Um, well, as David said earlier, first of all, I had to say to him, look, this is what I do. <laughs> you realize I'm not going to stop doing it because of you, because this is this is my, my job, my career. I've built this business. I've got a, a name. I've got a reputation. I'm well known. I, I'm, I'm not giving this up. And he said, yep, no problem. Absolutely no problem. Now, um, I do have clients who they do say that they love me. When, when, they, when they go under, when they're coming round, or when they're in just a particular state of subspace, mm -hmm. they say that they love me. Um, I'm, I'm very compassionate with them <laughs> because I, I just say to them, look, you love the way I make you feel in this environment at this time. You love um, my, my professional persona. And I just make a laugh of it, you know, to give them a, a, a get out. You know, you don't really know me. You know, you, you don't really know what I'm like when I wake up in the morning and I'm all grumpy and horrible. And we don't know when I'm you know, when I'm in a really bad mood, you've got no idea. We have a bit of a laugh about it. And there's a lot of openness where, you know, the guys kind of admit and say, well, yeah, you know, but still, you know, because. Right, I'm it's like, more of an I'm infatuation. Like, well, I'm like their best friend and their therapist at the same time because I know them and I accept this part of them, this part that they can't share with anybody else. So, you know, there is an awful lot of responsibility there for me to be very compassionate and kind with them regarding that. Now, this was something that I had to get across to David, that um, for a lot of these guys, it's it's professional, it's personal, and I can't share anything with him. He started to get upset and said, well, you know, like I'm your husband, you should share these things with me. And I said, well, I can't because it's their confidence. And things did get very, very difficult. So I would try and explain and say, look, this is just the way that it is. This is how it goes. This is something that you're going to have to get used to. But what, what's important is that although I like them, you know, they've been my clients for years and years and years and years. I like them. I appreciate aspects of them. I like spending time with them. You know, we share a joke with them. Um, I don't feel the same way about them that they feel about me. But I don't think David could really understand that because the, the difficulty was, was I couldn't say to David, but look, they're my clients. It's different because David was my client. Mm -hmm. Dave, David came as a client and that relationship did happen. So potentially it could actually, in theory, happen again. Right. And why not? Right. Of course it could. So that's difficult. But then when things got, you know, really sort of heated and I'd get fed up with him, then yes, I would be a lot harder and colder and say, look, you're just going to have to suck it up, right? This is my job. I'm doing it. 
you you knew what you were getting into. Mm-hmm. It's not like I just sprung it on you that I'm a, I'm a professional dom. I am. You knew it. You knew it the whole time. Don't make don't make it my problem. Don't make it my responsibility. You know, you're gonna have to deal with it yourself at the same time. So we sort of worked through an awful lot of things. Then, like David said, he kind of started to eroticize some of it. And what helped was actually him coming and doing the filming for me because he would see um, what I was doing, which meant that his mind wasn't going 10 to the dozen when he wasn't there. Right. He 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 was seeing what was happening, but he was also seeing what wasn't happening. And he got to know those guys. They got to know him. Um, You know, they sort of became kind of matey and yeah but not yeah but not the guys who were telling you that you know that they loved you it wasn't those guys no obviously obviously not everybody wants to be involved in filming there's a lot of guys right. who can't do it because they're they're a solicitor or a barrister or something they can't risk it and they they didn't want to film but <laughs> it, it's coincidental i say it's coincidental that those are the guys who have said that they love me so David never got to meet them. Um, so they became a bit of a, a spectre that started growing in David's mind and he started getting a bit upset about them. But, um, I mean, we, we worked through it. Yeah, we, did, we, yeah. we had to. We had to work through it. But it did help that he was filming and seeing some of what I was doing because because what I real he would sort of say to me, oh, God, it's really sexy when you did that to him. Um, I'm like, oh, right, okay, so I'd remember that. So next time I we'd session and I'd do a film, I would be doing something like um, uh, tying up um, a, a patient's cock and balls, you know, t- tying up and um, separating the balls. And and then what I would do is I would look at David. So I'd look beyond the camera at David, mm-hmm. catch his eye, and then I'd look at this guy's cock, and then I'd look back at David, and then I'd look back at the guy's cock. So I, I'm you know, saying to David – Oh, look at this here. What I found. This is really nice. I like doing this. Mm-hmm. And then he'd be like grinning behind the camera. And so sometimes the patient wasn't even aware that this was going on. So right. there was, this is kind there of a nice nonverbal way of communicating that you and David have. Yeah, because I did have a couple of clients who have got absolutely enormous cocks. So I used to really make a point of like, because I, I would be teasing the patient. So I'd be like scratching, you know, his shaft with my fingernails, um, scratching around his, you know, his balls once they're all tied up and shite. And, and the, you know, the scrotal skin is all sort of tight and shiny. And I'd be like scratching because it, it would make it all really, really hypersensitive for the guy. So he would be like moaning and straining and his cock would be twitching. And I'd be like looking at David and smiling at David, you know, while I'm playing this guy's cock. Um, so we had, we had... I mean, I am so good at multitasking, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just discuss that. I am playing with a guy, a client, who's paying for a session, and we're filming it at the same time, so I'm providing a, a scenario for the buyer of the clips. Um, and I'm also teasing my husband at the same time. Yeah, and that's when I, <laughs> yeah, that was the sort of time when, it, you know, everything was starting to, to work for us. We were starting to enjoy um that that kind of dynamic and that tease that sexuality um and i think that's when yeah the, the real interest in 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 cook developed because and i started to talk to anna about it um, and say, you know, 
do you want to do you fancy doing this? Uh, but we had a few life issues at the moment, other things that weren't out, you know within our control happening, um, and it didn't really happen, did it? Until well, I, well, I, not, I, I didn't take you seriously at all. No, because of all the jealousy that we'd had, and because I my David's my second marriage, my first marriage, my husband was was quite abusive and very 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 jealous, and I. So when David started talking about cuckolding, I just thought, oh, it's – I humoured him, but I really didn't take it seriously. And, I mean, this was for years, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah, it was for years, yeah. It absolutely was, yeah. Until lockdown, until, really. Yeah, until about – well, about Christmas time, wasn't it, this year, I think? Yeah. And, we, and you Last said, year. yeah, let's do it. No, we, yeah, we were talking about it through lockdown, and, and then we started talking about it as more of a, a possibility. And then – I kept saying to him, well, are you sure? Uh, you know, are you really sure about this? Because um, this isn't something that I'm going to start and then have to stop because you've suddenly got a problem with it. Mm-hmm. So th- there was a lot of me testing him. Are you sure? Are you sure? And then um, you kept saying yes. And So and, let, uh, me, let me pause you right there for a second and ask a question that I'm sure some of my listeners are probably wondering because I know I'm wondering. So <laughs> yeah. up, up until this point... You guys had been together for some time. You were continuing doing your sessions, but you had never actually been with another man sexually up to this point. Like, no. in other words, I'm not talking about doing your, your your dominatrix sessions where you're teasing and playing. I'm talking about actually fucking another man. Like, up to this point, it was only David. I'm a very, very good girl, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was. No. <laughs> no, honestly, nothing. I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, no, 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 no. Well, no, no, because I mean, yeah. I know, I know that a lot of you know, like you said, it's it's you know, there is no sex. You know, there's a lot of playing and mm. teasing and things like that. But I know that there is hardly any, if at all, any kind of fucking. So I'm I'm not surprised at it for me because of what I know. But I know that my listeners may have that question. So I just wanted to kind of ask you yeah. for their benefit to hear it. Yeah. But I have no, no doubt that I, you're a I, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a very good girl. Um, no, I mean, the, the only thing I think that had ever really happened was we would, uh, we did a lot of networking. Um, we, we would meet up with um, people and sometimes guys would flirt with me a bit. And I knew that I could flirt back. David wouldn't be bothered. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of testing him, you know, I was testing him. So so if a guy started flirting with me, I would flirt back and just see how David reacted to it. And he was always really okay with it and sometimes would say to me, oh, um, you liked that guy, didn't you? And I said, oh, yes, he, you know, he's quite nice, wasn't he? You know, just, you know, going really, really baby steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but he never showed any kind of negativity in any way, so... I was able to, you know, after this first marriage, I was able to not be quite so buttoned up and I was able to relax around other guys and share a joke with them and not be pulled up on it later, you know? So, so I started to enjoy flirting with other guys. Um, and, but no, I never, never kissed anybody, never did anything else at all. I was a very, very good girl, Michael. So never any kind of of intimacy. So how did that, you know, because I guess it's kind of interesting because you've, you've, you've done so much and you've experienced so much, but yet here you are going into uncharted territory and, yeah. and, and going um, down the road that 
you're not really you you know about it like you know about cuckolding and you're aware of the practice and the dynamic that people have but it's not yeah. something that you had personal um experience with so so how did things go leading up to to that first time as far as like how did you go about selecting the guy and and how did the two of you talk about it really happening and then how did it actually happen well we well we were in lockdown here in the uk um so we i think we agreed to say right okay we're going to do it about christmas time but we went into lockdown was it boxing day we went into lockdown something like that so we thought oh okay so what do we do now i thought well I think we were in lockdown for about three months, three, four months. Oh, God, it seemed forever. So I went on um, I went on Ashley Madison. I went on there, put a profile up and said that I'm a cookholdress, that my husband knows, you know, that I'm looking for a cookhold. And suddenly it was like oh. a bull. Yeah, sorry, I've got a cookhold, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> looking for <laughs> looking for a ball. Uh, my husband would be aware, but he wouldn't actually like be in the room. And I was just swamped with people from guys from like, all over the world. So I had a lot of sorting out to do. And then you then take the conversation over to kick. So I had to learn how to use kick and then, um, over to Snapchat because on Snapchat you can send a photograph, but then you can, it can disappear. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I had to learn how to use that. And, um, I think, I, how many was it? I think it was about three guys who I, I started talking to. But the problem was, was there was no chance of meeting up unless we actually broke the lockdown rules. Mm-hmm. So I had I had tons of time to chat and get to know these guys. And also for us, it was um, making sure that we were still okay with it. And for me to wrap my head around it, because although I am fully used to having lots and lots of naked guys parading around in front of me, I never, I don't get naked. I don't, you know, I'm always like fully dressed. So the thought of that coming, you know, in the future was a bit frightening because 50 now, you know, and checking that David was definitely okay with this and this is all right, but he was, he was fine. He was getting dead excited by it. So I would be chatting to guys on my phone, you know, through kick and Snapchat and he'd be on the other sofa knowing what I'm doing, all excited. Um, and some, some conversations I used to screenshot and send over to him. Um, so yeah, there's, I think it was about three guys we were talking to. One guy I dropped because his attitude was just all wrong. You know, he, um, guys are so bad, so bad at this. They are so <laughs> bad at talking to women. You know, I, I couldn't, believe how crude and how unnecessary so you you're talking to somebody you go across to kick or snapchat and then you get um uh, show me your tits yeah and you think show me your tits wow that is so sophisticated <laughs> now cook holding cook holding is sophisticated it takes an awful lot of maturity absolutely so any fully grown man in his 30s that says show me your tits blocked blocked you just get lost blocked and then i'd get all sorts of questions like do you do anal do you do do you squirt do you that i thought wow these guys have come straight off porn Mm -hmm. straight off porn and they are looking for a a free like porn star i thought right they're gone as well so many gone then the big problem for me was that 
guys of my age are, um, they don't look after themselves. They don't age well. They really have got no idea of what they actually look like. So I found that my sort of choice in guys was getting younger and younger. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds awful, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound awful? But, um, so I was looking for that sort of between 30 and 35, you know, that kind of age, maybe 40 if they looked after themselves. Um, and I got down to two guys and um, lockdown was coming more, you know, we were seeing the end of lockdown now. It was all starting to open up. But um, one of the guys dropped out. We arra- I arranged a video call with one guy. That went well. That went well, didn't it, David? Yeah, you know, it really he, did, yeah. You know, he, he spoke, he, him and David spoke so that they they understood that. A lot of these guys don't seem to realize with cuckolding. You know, they, I, I did go on some cuckolding sites, but I couldn't really find anybody on there. Um, and a lot of the bulls are very arrogant. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all, they're very, um, I am alpha, you will do what I say. Well, wow, you know, that, that doesn't go down very well with me whatsoever. I'm, I'm a very dominant woman. But I, I know the difference between being a natural dominant and just being bossy and right. egotistical. Yeah? Um, so, no, sorry, you are actually not alpha and you're a dick, so get lost. I'm not interested in you. It was actually better to go to somewhere like Ashley Madison and get away from that um, sort of scene um, attitude that a lot of bulls do have. I mean, that's my experience so far, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I have spoken to a couple of bulls on Twitter that seem to be a lot more clued up, a lot, a lot, a lot more, a lot better. Um, so, yeah, we we did the video call with this one guy. That went well. That was okay. We set a date. I suggested to the other guy that we do a video call, but he backed out at the very last minute, which was a big disappointment. Um, and yeah, then then we 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 had our meet. Um, was it fourth, fourth, fifth of May? Yeah, was yeah. When because Scotland yeah. opened up before we did in England. Now you so said we fourth or fifth of May, the, like May that like last month or last year? Last last month, yeah. Yeah, oh, Michael, okay. I'm not a very, I'm, I'm not a good girl anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you've broken the seal. It's done. It's a done deal. That's it. I am definitely 100% cuckoldress, and he is definitely 100% cuckold. <laughs> now, when your first time, and congratulations, by the way. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> was he present, or were you alone with your bull? Um, bit both. What we did was we arranged, so um we met we met in a hotel so scotland opened up before england did so we thought right we will drive over the border we'll book a room for me and david we won't put any pressure on we won't have any pressure i won't put myself under any pressure we'd been locked up in our house for months on end so we thought we'll have a night out in scotland you know if, if everything goes wrong or if it doesn't turn up we'll just have a night out in scotland before we come home and we met up with a guy in the bar. We had a chat. We got on really well. Um, the most important thing to us, the most important thing to us, wasn't just that there was chemistry between me and him, but that he was very, very respectful with David. Um, again, you know, the porn, the cuckold porn out there. So many guys would say to me things like, you know, my, my puny, pathetic cuckold. And it's like, oh, for goodness sake. I say, look. My husband is taller than you, stronger than you, can run a marathon and climb a mountain. Don't you dare call him that. How dare you? Um, why 
why do these people think that cuckolds are pathetic, it's puny? The, it's the porn. <laughs> we we know we all know, know the answer to that. It's the it's the porn. It's the porn. You know, we might be cuckoldresses, but we love and respect our husbands. So you will respect my husband as well, because he is you know, also allowing, you know, this, this situation, but he did this, this bull did. He was, he was very respectful. It was very odd. It was a very strange situation, but it went okay. Didn't it? So yeah. he went to the loo or to the bar. We had a quick chance of doing what you think. It's like, okay, look, let's do it. Let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then on three, he, go. He, he came, yeah. You had he a huddle. <laughs> Exactly. He's like, oh, now or never. Yeah. He came back and then you, David made himself scarce to give me a chance to talk to him. So I spoke to him and said, look, okay, what do you think? We've actually got a room. And he was, well, surprise, surprise, he was up for it. And um, so then we we sort of, um, well, I, me and David went up to the room first and we'd already arranged this. So David went into the ensuite and he sat there and waited so he could here but he was there you know and just also just in case anything did go wrong and i needed rescuing right now you know i'm a, i'm a big bad pro dom you know i'm i'm fairly used to having guys coming in but guys that come in and see me are usually very submissive and i've usually got quite a lot of tools to hand you know i've got ropes and whips and handcuffs and all sorts of things that i can defend myself with if necessary mm-hmm. um you know i i can i can throw somebody into a hog tie very quickly <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having a but, rodeo image in my head now. <laughs> yeah, you and you'd be right. <laughs> but hotel rooms don't have that kind of stuff in them, do they? Mm-hmm. So, and so well, I wanted David to be on hand just in case. So David went into the ensuite. Are you okay? Definitely okay. Definitely okay. I then went downstairs, um, hoping that the bull hadn't, you know, scarpered. He wasn't. He was there. And then we came up in the lift. Well, by that time, I was like really, really, really excited quite horny we started kissing in the lift so it was getting a little bit hot and heavy in the lift (laughs) into the room and it was just like shut the room lock the room and then just sort of like tumble onto the bed kissing and sex just doing it you know Mm -hmm. and I kind of it was really weird because sometimes I'd forget David was in the ensuite and then sometimes I'd remember and and then I'd forget again because the guy would be doing something else and and it was God, it was really strange. It was really, but it's so exciting as well at the same time because he's just there listening, but I know he's okay with it. And, oh God, it was just, it's mind-blowing stuff. Really really odd. Yeah, Yeah, but it's mind-blowing stuff and it's so sexy as well. And, um, um, And this guy, this guy was black. So very, very different to my husband, who's white. Mm-hmm. So it was it was that it was that massive, massive difference, you know, completely different. So much younger than my husband, also a lot quite a lot shorter than my husband, a completely different colour to my husband. It was mm-hmm. just so different. It was fantastic. It was great. Um and then uh we you know, we sort of finished and then we sort of talked for a bit and then <clears throat> we went again. <laughs> And by this time, I had completely forgotten David was in the ensuite. And then um, and then it was a case of, okay, afterwards, well, that's a bit awkward. You know, what do we do now? Um, anyway, we sort of said goodbyes and the bull left. He left us to it. You know, he understood that we needed to, mm-hmm. to talk. 
And then it was the big moment for me. That was the big moment was actually shutting the door when the ball left, when he he went, bye, see you, bye, keep, you know, keep in contact. Mm-hmm. And then locking that door and then turning around and then opening up the door to the ensuite. And what what's his face going to be? You know, what? what's going to be there on the other side of the door. So I was, that was, I was terrified. I was really scared actually, but it was all right because you were sat there with, yeah, I yeah, couldn't I, even describe what the facial well, expression was. Well, I probably didn't couldn't really describe the emotion that was going through it either. Cause you just got a, a range of emotions, um, you know, excitement, fear, a little bit of worry. Um, yeah, just a ring. So it took me some time, Michael, to process the whole thing. Uh, but it was absolutely fine. I mean, we had a great night together, didn't we? After well, it, the, yeah. the, the, you know, the, I think the, the most important thing for me was that you stood up and just gave me a great big cuddle. That yeah. was the most important yeah. thing. And um, so I knew that, yeah, it was okay. You know, it, it was all right. Everything was okay. And then we, you know, we could then sort of sit down and have a drink and, and just sort of talk through it. And um, and then and then we had a night together as well. Yeah. So I couldn't walk next day. <laughs> so let me let me ask you a question. I'm always curious to to hear this from the wife's perspective. When it's yeah. over, you know, after the the bull leaves, did you have any of those thoughts, even if they were fleeting, of oh shit, what if I fuck things up? Yeah. You oh know, yeah, what, definitely. What if what if he realizes that not only that he doesn't like this but what if it changes the way that he sees me? Did those thoughts go through your mind at all? Yeah, that 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 point where I'm locking the hotel, you know, the main the, the room door, yeah, and then turning around to open the door to the ensuite. It took me about three seconds, but everything that went through my head, if I was to explain it, would probably take me about three hours because it's that realization, oh, my God, a, a different man. I've cheated on my husband. I've had sex with somebody else. He's in there. I can't pretend it didn't happen. There's no coming back from it. You can't undo it, can mm-hmm. you? You can't, you, can't, you can't rewind anything. Yeah. Is he going to suddenly realize that we've made – is he going to realize that we've made a massive, massive mistake, that, that he's made a massive mistake saying to me, yes, I really want to do this, an actual fact now that it's done, he suddenly realizes, oh my God, he didn't want to do it. Would would he still love me? Would he respect me? Would he would he turn it all around and, and blame it all on me? You know, mm-hmm. that I did this, that I, all these things going through my head. And because of course, you know, I, I have got this experience of this, this previous marriage with this arsehole of a man who was so jealous, I couldn't even talk to, um, a male checkout operator. I couldn't talk to anybody male. I couldn't talk. He used to get jealous if I talked to his brothers. Mm. So, so I had a lot of fears coming back from years um, before I'd even met David as, as to how horrible things can actually go very, very drastically wrong. So yeah, when I opened the door to the ensuite, I was, I really didn't want to be there. I, I really was it's just thank God, you know, thank God I looked at his face and he looked at me and I knew it was okay. I knew it was all right. And um And so that hug was very, I, very therapeutic oh, for God. you. It was it was it was the best hug I've ever had in my entire life because it was it just meant everything, absolutely everything. And then even even if we said, Do you know what, we've done it, we're not doing it again, 
um, I knew that we were okay. We'd be okay with it. Yeah, that's fair, yeah, isn't it, David? Yeah, absolutely, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I kind of went into it, Michael, obviously thinking, well, okay, we're not, we've not done this before. I had various emotions. But I was, I was reasonably comforted by the fact that I, you know, I've had a no, a, quite a lot, you know, a lot of experience now of seeing it with other guys. Okay, it's not intercourse. As I said, there's, there's an awful lot of sexuality in it, um, so, and, I, and you know, and I'm absolutely fine. So, yeah, I was reasonable, reasonably comfortable that I'd, I'd be okay. And if I said to her, "Look, I'll be okay," then I would be. Mm-hmm. I would. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it was it was. It was great. It's brought us closer together as a couple, you know. Yeah, it has. It really has. The whole thing. We yeah. we communicate a lot more. We we communicate a lot more openly, a lot more honestly. Um, we're a lot closer for doing this. I think every marriage should do this, you know. <laughs> you, won't, you won't get any argument from me. <laughs> you definitely won't get any argument from me. So I'm I'm curious uh, for David. When she came and opened that door to the ensuite after it was over, yeah, did you know how important it was to show her that you you loved, yeah. appreciated, respected, you know, everything? Every is like, did you know that I got to be as positive as I can possibly be? Like, did you? In other words, did you understand how vulnerable she was in that moment? Yeah, totally did, Michael. Because we we talked we we we've talked a lot, and she said, "Um, I don't know how I'll be when I I actually see you, because I, I don't know how you're going to be. I don't know how I'm going to feel." And I knew that it, it would be an it, yeah an intense moment for her. So yeah, I did. And it, you know what? I I got in my head, even if the unexpected happens with me, the real unexpected, and I really struggle with this. I am not going to let it show. Um, thankfully, it, it was positive, but yeah, I, I was absolutely, absolutely um, sure on, on on what her what her emotions would be. I mean, because if you think about it, that that's really a make or break moment. Yeah, I mean, like everything yeah. hinges on, and I I try to you know relay this to husbands. Everything hinges on that moment. Like yeah. that, 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 was, that moment is yeah. probably the most important moment in this entire journey is how you behave towards her in the yeah. moments immediately following. Yeah, that, that is the most, yeah, I absolutely 100% agree. That is the most important moment. And I think that, I mean, my advice to any couple who are thinking about doing this, considering it is don't. Don't concentrate on everything else. This is the moment when he sees her for the first time after the deed is done. What are you going to do? How, how, what, what do you both need? What do you think you might need? And what are you going to do about that? And how are you going to, as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. let the other one know that you love them and that everything is okay? No, that, that's 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 very important, and I hope that the people yeah. who are listening to this, especially the people who haven't 
done it yet. Really, yeah. take, really take that to heart and, and really kind of, even if they have to kind of rewind this part and play it back. I, yeah. I said, I, I'm not trying to overstate it when I say that that moment and how important his reaction, you know, to that moment is. Yeah. And like what, what David said is, is recognizing it and saying that even if I realize that I'm not comfortable with it, I'm not going to let it show. Not that you have to hide it forever, but in that moment, that is not the time to show her that you're uncomfortable with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah, underscore that three times and highlight it with sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most, most important thing. She... Her, the woman, she is a, a absolute most vulnerable at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the husband is as well, but she is. She she's the one that's done it, and that could be thrown back at her. That oh, yeah. could be thrown in her face, and that is what goes through your mind when you approach your husband. When you go back to your husband, what look is on his face? What is in his eyes? Is he going to be disappointed in me? Disgusted with me? Is he going to love me? Is he is he excited? Um, but also, and I think a really, really important thing as well is this, your wife is not doing this for your sexual um, satisfaction. It's not about the guy. It's not about him or his fetish, his sexual excitement or anything. This is, this is so much deeper than this. It's so much more sophisticated and nuanced. This is, this is absolutely all about your marriage. Mm-hmm. She's doing it because yeah. she loves you, at least that first time. You know, eventually, not all wives, but I think, and it's a beautiful moment when it happens, but I always, from what I've seen, the first time it happens, 99% of the motivation is her love for her husband. You know, this is, I love you. This is something that you want. I'm open-minded enough to try it. So here we go. And then over time, it eventually begins to shift to, okay, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. <laughs> you know, like, like I've, I've learned to enjoy this and I'm, I've learned to embrace the fact that I like doing this a lot. Um, but that's usually not the case the very first time, you know, usually the first time it's, it's, Hey, this is something that you wanted. I love you. You were open-minded enough to share your desires with me. We talked about it, and this is something that I want to – it's almost like a gift. Like, this is something that I want to give to you. You know, as strange as that may sound, yeah. oftentimes the first time it happens, that it's in that form. It's in the form of a gift that a wife is giving her husband. And then as time moves forward and they share it and talk about it, and she begins to kind of accept the fact that it's okay for her to enjoy it as well, and then that's when you see the change start to occur where, you know, not that she didn't enjoy it the first time, but she's almost yeah. able to admit that she enjoys it. Because obviously they don't, they're, they're still trying to figure it out. Like, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want him to think that I enjoyed it too much because, uh, you know, I don't know how he's <laughs> going, I don't know how he's going to take it. And then if he reacts positively to it and then, you know, they have those amazingly deep conversations. Yeah. You know, then she finally gets to the point where she can be like, you know what? It it was incredible and I definitely want to do it again and again 
and again and and so on and so forth. And I think that for a lot of husbands, they love it when she gets to that point because they don't, even though they understand that you did it for them, they don't want that to be the only reason why you do it. They want you to do it because you enjoy it. And so when she finally gets to that point, it's, it's, it's a beautiful moment for them because it's like, you know, it's like that moment when a parent is teaching their child how to ride a bike with the training wheels and, you know, you're doing it and you're raining there and you got your hand on their back and they're riding, but you know, you know that they're not really riding, you know, even if they think that they are, because you know, my hand is on their mm-hmm. back and if I let her go, she's going to fall over or he's going to fall over. And in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of pride you feel when you truly have let them go and they're riding on their own. You know. I think, I think, Michael, I might have to make a bit of a confession here. Please do. <laughs> I wasn't quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, please tell me how you were. I am. Um, no, I, I, I really wanted to do it. And um, only part of it was, you know, a gift for David. I, I That's why I said to him at the beginning, are you really sure about this? Because if we do this, you can't give me something and then take it away from me. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, you know, between, between my marriages, it was about 10 years, you know, I, I was pretty active. I made up, you know, a lot of uh, lost time and I like sex. I like, I like sex. I like a lot of sex. Um, and I, and I like sex with different guys as well. Um, but I will be faithful in a marriage. So to have the benefits of marriage, but then have the sort of variety, you know, of a single woman, um, I didn't, it's like somebody giving you the best lollipop in the world and only letting you have one lick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted that lollipop. I didn't just want one lick. Um, I wanted the lollipop. And I I wanted to have sex with other guys. Um, the fact that David was saying that he was going to be okay with that and enjoy it and get turned on by it and actually enhance our marriage, it's the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely the best of both worlds. Um, it's it's a gift I really, really, really wanted, and um, and I'm so glad that you know we did it because if he had have said to me, um, actually, do you know what? This isn't quite what I thought. I've changed my mind. I don't want to do it. I think that would have driven a wedge in our marriage because I would have been resentful having been given that lick of that lollipop. Um, but thankfully, it's um, <laughs> I'm getting lots of licks of that lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it, and this, I guess this question is for is, is for David because you you built it up in your mind longer. Yeah. Did it exceed yeah. your expectations? Oh gosh. Um yeah, I guess it I guess it did. Yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess it did, Michael. Yeah. And obviously I, I, I was coming at it with fear as well and you know, hoping everything was gonna be all right. Um, you know, from the, the other guy's point of view, from Anna's point of view, from my point of view. Um <laughs> excuse me. And it did, it went really well. Everything went well. Um so yeah, and, and yeah, emotionally, as I said, it, you know, I was I had a range of intense emotions. It took me a little bit of time to process it all. Uh, at this point now, I look back and 
Yeah, it, it, it did. Yeah, I've got to say it did. So pleased about that. Very, very pleased. Mm. So mm. one thing that I'm, I'd like to ask you guys, because a lot of couples I know are, are curious about and being with your, your wealth of experience, um, how would you, like, in what ways do you express and, and practice your cuckolding dynamic when there is not a bull presence? In other words, when it's just the two of you, what types of things do you like to do to kind of reinforce okay. that dynamic? So do you mean kind of like um, pillow talk? Michael, well, I mean, it could be it could be anything. In other words, how do you? And I know it's a little different for you guys because you also have this DS dynamic. But I know a lot of people wonder because obviously, when there's a bull involved, they have a, an idea on on how to cuckold their 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 partner. You know. Yeah. But sometimes people struggle with, well, what do we do when there isn't a bull involved? And I don't mean just physically, like when there's not a bull to talk to or chat with or or send naughty pictures to, or plan a date with, like when it's just the two of you, how do you keep that energy going? Okay, well, I think, well, we're, we're a really fortunate position because of Anna's career. So, you know, with this, there's all that going on as well. So, you know, like I, as I said, without going down that rabbit hole again, you know, I get a lot of uh, emotion and excitement and fear out of you know new new, new guys turning up. You know, is somebody going to uh, apply to see her and turn up, and she will think the same as when I turned up that day? So we have all that going on. So there's that excitement and emotion from my side. Obviously, I you know, I tease him all the time. Yeah, I, I tease him all the time. I just drop in little. Um, I just like. We'll be in the kitchen. I'll just go and whisper in his ear, and I'll just tell him, you know, what I did with my bull. Did I tell you that I did this? I tease him all the time. I send him. Um, I do like little videos. Um, I, I call him my cuckold. I, I tell him what cuckold is. I tell him how I'm cuckolding him, and I just send him those little videos. But other things like, um, you know, just little things like, let's say. Like Facebook, let's say, which is all very vanilla. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got, you know, we both get our own accounts. You know, I, I know that there's, there's some guys who, who don't, who doesn't know what Anna does for a career at all. But I know that, you know, like, you know, like lots of people, you know, I know they fancy her. And they'll, you know, do a bit of online flirting with her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they'll send her messages. And, you know, she's, she's really open about it because she can be. And, you know, but, you might have a little bit of a tease there, you know. So just, I think it's just a case of really, you know, are you both really interested in cuckolding, whether you've done it or not? Is If there's not a bull involved, you know, just you know, have a bit of fun and tease each other um, because probably if you are intent on doing it, there will be at some point. And just, yeah, we do a lot of talking in bed, don't we, when we play and, when, mm. you know, and we have sex. Yeah. Um, you know, we just so we, we, we re revisit it. Yeah, we just have fun with it, don't we? Together. Well, we we do we do our own podcast, as you know, Michael. Mm -hmm. We do our we do our own podcast, and we because we found that we were we'd sit there for quite a long time talking things through. And I said, you know what? I've always wanted to do a podcast. Let's do a podcast about this. We will record ourselves talking about a question that's cropped up between us, 
and we will talk it, just talk it through. Um, and you know, we've we've got about fifteen or sixteen episodes out there now where we're just talking through everything uh, as a couple, um, and that teases you because you I catch you listening to it. Um, all these videos that I've been doing, you know, we've kept those. We're going to we're going to have our own um, OnlyFans account. All the videos of teasing, all the little reminders that he's a cuckold, everything that I've been doing, we're going to we're going to put them on there. Yeah, just share it with everybody. Share it with everybody. See what we do. I, we put stuff on. I put little things on Twitter and his little vignettes on Twitter, and they get they get really good responses from the followers, don't they? Yeah. Tease. Um, I've had people. I've had cuckolds, you know, from from Europe, from the US, Canada, saying. Saying, you know, my my the way I tease David, on I'm always teasing you on our podcasts. Yeah, always yeah. reminding you, aren't I, about yeah. various things, yeah. <laughs> various things that I've been up to yeah. and been doing. Always teasing all the time. Um, it's spice. It, it's spice that just you add to your your own marriage. It's just that excitement that you add to your own marriage. Yeah. I think it's good for a husband to know that his wife is desirable to other men. I think it's good for the wife to know that she's still desirable to other men. There's that additional appreciation for us, for each other outside of our roles as, you know, husband and wife or parents or you know, business owners. Um, just keeping that sort of sexual um, chemistry, that sexual element alive in our own marriage. I, I love teasing him. I just love teasing him all the time. <laughs> Now, yeah. it's it's interesting that you, you 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 bring that up. Is that's one of the things that I talk to a, a, a number of wives about. Matter of fact, I was just having this conversation the the other day with a couple who they're just kind of entering the the, the, the cuckolding sphere, and and you just kind of illustrated it. Is when I see a woman who actually gets pleasure and enjoyment out of teasing and tormenting her husband yeah you know like she like when you, when you get to the point where it's you when you when you recognize the power that you have yes and then you begin to relish that power and enjoy being able to just make this man's mind spiral Oh and, yes, and, and playing him like a finely tuned instrument. Oh yes, you know, knowing, <laughs> knowing you can just you know like like one of the things that I've I've, I've told women to do, and and it'll be funny because some of them you know listen to the podcast and they'll be like, oh, he told me to do that too. But it's it's just to kind of give them an idea of just because here's one of the things that I think kind of um, intimidates women about uh, cuckolding and teasing and things like that is. I think sometimes they feel like it always has to be like this grand gesture. And the analogy that I like to use is it's, it's almost like romance. Like there are certain people, especially if you talk to guys who they think that romance has to be this whole structured evening, you know, dinner, mm. music, candles, uh, movie, you know, and it, and it can be that sometimes, you know, romance can be an elaborately set up, evening but romance can also be you know leaving a post-it note on her cup of coffee 
you know, uh, you know, yeah. putting her towel in the dryer while she's in the shower. Like it can be these short, quick, spontaneous, just shows of affection. And one of the yeah. things that I've, uh-huh. I've told women to try to just, just to try it, just to give them a sample of one day, you know, just before you walk into the room and see your husband and, you know, take your panties and kind of make sure that they're heavily scented, walk, mm-hmm. walk, by, walk by him, whisper in his ear that you were thinking about your bull, shove your panties in his mouth and walk out of the room. Like, don't even wait for his reaction. Just shove your panties in his mouth and walk out of the room. <laughs> and he, he will be sitting there with a what the fuck just happened look on his face. And whatever he yeah. was concentrating on, whatever he was doing a few moments before you did that, he's going to be completely lost. Absolutely. And yeah. It's not, it's not about these big staged contrived um, events. Ex- exactly. As you say, it's all those small little things. It's all those little reminders. So I will go up to the bathroom say, and I will just do a very quick little video on the camera phone. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I will tell him um, something like, um, um, you know, I am your cuckoldress. You are my cuckold. Don't you ever, ever forget it. And then blow a kiss, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I will just send that to him. And then I'll go downstairs and I'll say to him, how many times did you watch that? And he'll have watched it five times already. <laughs> <laughs> just, at a time, just at a time it took you to get downstairs. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? I think, <clears throat> I mean, I think a message for any woman is – Ladies, you have got so much power, so much power over your man. And I wish women understood how much power that they had if they just knew exactly just how (coughs) to flick, flick those buttons, flick those triggers, pluck on those strings. And if you've got that power and you can show your man you have that power, that you understand like their sexuality while you're really enjoying your own sexuality as it as it grows and you discover more about yourself, then your man is going to be so much more uh, attentive to you, so much more attentive to you because suddenly you become a, a very sexual woman and a sexual woman is a very attractive woman and a very attractive woman attracts men and that's going to make him really step up his game. So women, you've got so much power. Just learn how to use it. Now, one of the things that I'd, 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 I'd like to ask you, um, and I think I know the answer, but I'm still going to ask, is chastity involved in your dynamic at all? Yeah, we've done chastity for years, actually, um, a long time. We've, we've used devices. We've done it through um, honor-based honor-based chastity mm-hmm. as well. Um, I often am wearing a key on a chain around my neck. Um, you know, we've talked about, I don't know, you probably spend more time in chastity than out, don't you? Definitely. Yeah. He, he's, he's not allowed to play with himself without my permission. Mm-hmm. And, and he hasn't been allowed to play with himself without my permission for, oh. Oh, years. 11 yeah. years. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Well, uh, yeah, since we got um, serious, yeah. Yeah. He has, <clears throat> he has got like, um, he has got a free pass for in the morning. So D- David's a morning lark. I'm a night owl. So he'll get up early in the morning. So 
um, he is allowed to um, have a play you know, while I'm still in bed, you know, in the morning. But the, but the really interesting thing is, is that uh, the only porn that David watches is the porn that I make. Yeah, it is a bit odd, isn't it? That's yeah. A, well, that's what you think no, I, I, <laughs> actually, I, know, I mean, I know that that's actually fairly, I know a lot of husbands that they, that, that's all they want to watch is just their wife. She's their favorite porn star, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah look, see? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see? And, yeah. and you know what? What, what share, share with everybody is, um, I mean, we shared, we shared our history and, you know, when, when Anna said, we've well, been my sex slave, you know, which pretty major thing, really quite, you know, famous dominatrix and, mm-hmm. and gosh, absolutely. Um, and I was, you know, I lusted after her incredibly then. Uh, I always have. But I have to say, honestly, that I, I, I feel like I've never, I've never loved her and lusted after her as much as I do now, 11 years old. And that's since we made this decision to move forward with Cook Holding. Oh. And I do mean that. Oh. I do mean that. Well, you know, you know as well, we've, we've got very close. No, that, that's, so, that's, that's, got- that's awesome to hear. Now, I, I do try to be mindful of the time, and I know that I definitely want to have you guys back. But before I let you get out of here, I know you do have a podcast. Can you let my listeners know what your podcast is and how they can find it and kind of give them just an idea of what it's about? Okay. Well, it's called, it's www.thecookholdresspodcast.co.uk. Uh, you can listen to it directly on my website, but you can also find it on all of the major podcast players, Spotify, Apple, all of them. I'm everywhere. Um, and also follow me on Twitter as well. So uh, what's my Twitter handle? Um, I, oh, is it? I don't know. Oh, it's at cookholdress underscore A. So you can find my Twitter. So you can find all my links there. David's also on Twitter as well. And what's your Twitter handle? Is it? It's Anna's Cookhold, isn't it? Anna's yeah. Cookhold at... Cookhold Anna. Yeah, at Cookhold Anna. So that's yeah. David. So come and follow us on Twitter. And um, I also like to, I ha- on my website, I have like a um, speak pipe. It's one of those things you can click on it and you can leave a message. You can speak and leave a message. Mm-hmm. So I've had a couple of questions come through from listeners. And, um, you know, we answer the questions on there as well. So if anybody's got any questions for us, I'd love to hear them. Um, and we, we will answer them. We'll answer them on a podcast. Yeah, so, so answer your question on what, what it's about, Michael. It's just following our journey together. Um, I think we started it started in January this year. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just that was really when we made the decision, let's let's do this. And it's just following our journey on the whole way through. And it's really, you know, we're just, tr- we're yeah. just really honest. In fact, we do it from our bed. You do. On bed. Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, you can come and get into bed with us. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very relaxing way to, to do a, a – I said I'm actually doing mine from my couch. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I bet I might doze off. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, we, yeah, we just talk. We just talk through everything. We 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 have a question. We talk through it. We talk through the ifs and buts, and you know, we we talk about the excitement of leading up to you know a meet, yeah. and uh, we talk about how the meet went and how we feel yeah. about it. It's pretty raw and honest because I think, well, you'll know what it's like, don't you, Michael? You you sat on your couch. You've got your microphone in front of you, and you kind of forget how many people could actually potentially listen to it across mm-hmm. the world. You sort of forget that, don't you? So yeah. you actually start talking about things that 
you you just hope that your mother doesn't find your podcast you know <laughs> well for me she she knows about what i do and how i live so fortunately oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to worry about that <laughs> 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 yeah it's pretty honest it's pretty raw we've had some great feedback as well and people are liking it they're, they're liking it and and they're, and they're especially liking how much i tease david mm-hmm. well and it's hot it's it's kind of hotting up now because we recorded um the meat and yeah. um yeah so it's, it's it's just about to really hot up now before yeah. i let you get out of here um i know you had your first one back in in may which was only last month was that the only encounter that you had or have there been more since then no, we we seen him again. What? We saw saw him again um, last weekend. Oh, okay. Well, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. The people can, yeah, so they can managed... tune into your podcast and, and get all the all the details. They can get all the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they can listen to me teasing David while I'm telling David what I did. Oh wow, that that would yeah. be a nice a nice peek behind the the, the, the curtain for them and um. I mean, it's definitely a good podcast. Yeah. I, I like the fact that more and more voices are starting to come out and talk about this yeah. lifestyle just from just all different perspectives and all different angles and all different levels of experience. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I was one of the first to start talking about it, but I don't want to be the only person. Like, I don't, I don't want my voice to be the only one talking about this lifestyle. So I'm happy every time I see another podcast kind of come on the scene of somebody talking about it because if we're truly going to take this more into the mainstream and make it more acceptable there need to be mm. more people talking about it real people definitely oh, absolutely because absolutely people who are people who yeah. are actually walking the walk people don't really know what cuckolding is because they only see what porn tells them what it is and it's not right it's not accurate. It's not correct. And and also there is no one way of doing cuckolding either. Mm-hmm. That it depends on the couple. It depends on the couple's dynamic. It depends what they want to get out of it. Um, there's so many different ways of doing it and so many different ways that people are enjoying this lifestyle that there needs to be more um, yeah, variety, more honesty, real people, real proper relationships so that people know that cuckolding porn is just a, a very, very poor facsimile of what actually goes on because cuckolding is, there's, there's all that element, that DS element in it. And DS is very difficult to portray. I understand they can't portray that in porn. I, I get that. Um, but there is so much more to cuckolding than sucking and fucking, mm-hmm. uh, bumping and grinding. It's primarily for us, it's the it's the dynamic between um, me and my husband, it's the tease between us. It's what's going on in his head and in his trousers. <laughs> um, and me getting the enjoyment out of teasing him and him seeing the enjoyment that I'm getting out of teasing him. And that, that's what's, that's what's so beautiful for us about cuckolding. There's so much to it, um, that can be enjoyed. Yeah. And I must say, well, just, you know, Thank you to you as well for producing such a great show because yours, I think, was the first podcast we we listened to, wasn't it? And so we're big yeah. fans of yours as well. Yeah. So yeah, we listen. You know, we're great there. stuff. Great stuff. Well, in bed, we're in bed listening. Yeah, we we'll listen to you in bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, definitely, thank you very much for that. And I, again, I want to thank you guys for you know taking time out of your day to kind of come on and and and, and share some of your journey with with me and with my listeners. And you know, I know that 
the things that you have said are going to help people. And that's why I do this, you know, is to help people, help people better understand, help people feel like they're not alone in the thoughts that they have. And, and that mm. it's, it's okay. You know, it's okay yeah. to have these thoughts and it's okay to communicate these ideas with your partner and, and be vulnerable, you know? Yeah. So with that being said, I'm going to let you guys get out of here. I just want to say a special thanks to my Patreon supporters. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, as I always say, I couldn't do this without you, you know, so I am eternally grateful. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And to those of you who are not yet Patreon supporters, like I always say, maybe this will be the episode that will convince you that, hey, we, we like what this Michael C. guy is doing and, and we want to see him continue. So on behalf of my wonderful guests, Anna and David, I am your host, Michael C. This has been another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast, and I will see you when I see you. Peace. Peace.